everyone. Welcome back to the Pentecostalverse podcast. So excited to have bring you guys another episode. Today is episode two. Our topic on today is going to be the oneness of God. Um, with me, as always, is my great co-host, Dylan Cottrell. Um, and also today, he's going to be providing the verse of the day. Today's verse of the day is Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And that is uh, pretty much the gist of it. Um, talking about the oneness of God, that uh, gives you the answer right there. The Lord our God is one Lord. Um, so before we get too far into the podcast today, I just want to go ahead and address the uh, big old elephant in the room, or as I should say, the elephant over the phone or the radio, whatever you're listening on. Um, and that is, this this episode has taken us quite a long time to record it. Um, and that is just due to uh, the fact that some schedules haven't been lining up, um, it's just been hard to find the time to do it. Um, we're able actually to get one done. I know you guys have seen some Instagram posts and all that. Um, we published it. Um, after we listened to it, um, we kind of felt like we could do a little bit better um, for you guys, give you guys a better listening experience. Um, so we deleted that episode. Um, I know some of you watched it, but... Um, a lot of you didn't. Luckily, it was only uh, published for a few hours. And so I apologize that we did not give you guys the uh, our best the first time. But it is in the second try that you guys are going to learn a lot more. And um, we are going to finally get the second episode published. And I hope you guys can enjoy it. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get right into it here. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of history on the uh, Trinitarian, view, Trinitarianism view. Um, and the Trinity, the Trinity came about in 381 A.D. at the first meeting or the first council of Nicaea. And uh, Paul actually writes about this in Galatians 1.6. And he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into his, the grace of Christ to another gospel. Now this could have, uh, this was shortly after uh, Jesus had died on the cross. Um, and it's more than likely, Paul wasn't just specifically addressing the Trinitarianism view. Um, he's more than likely addressing several different uh, praxes and religions that were uh, that this church that he was writing to was bringing into uh, their beliefs. Um, and they were forgetting some of their beliefs. They were forgetting where they had come from. And like he said, he, he, he is marveled that they are so soon removed from him, meaning God, that had called them into grace, that had brought them out of bondage, brought them out of captivity. And uh, he had shown them grace, shown them mercy, and shown them the truth. And uh, Paul saying, I'm so confused on how you could you could turn yourself away um, from all that. And uh, so that's, a, that's, that's where the uh, Trinity is first, uh, Trinitarianism view is first brought to light, is in 381 A.D., um, now going fast forward quite a bit um, to 1198, um, I'm going to discuss for a moment the Most Holy Trinity Order, um, which is based on the same thing, the same Trinitarianism view. Um, but the Most Holy Trinity Order was founded in 1198 by St. John Matha. Their mission was to redeem captive Christians. He wanted to help the Christians who were being sold, Christians who were being killed, uh, persecuted for their beliefs. Um, for their faith, and uh, this is where we actually uh, find the red and blue cross that comes and is so famously associated with uh, Trinitarianism belief, and uh, that is 
from a vision that St. John Namatha had, where he claimed to see two men being held by Christ. Um, one of the men, I'm sorry, Christ was sitting on a throne, and one of the men that was being held by Christ was a Christian, and the other man was a sinner. Uh, the Christian held a, held a staff in his hand that uh, a red and blue cross sat on top of, and uh, the important thing he said to remember uh, about this vision was that both of the men were in chains or being held captive. And so he, he took this as a sign from God that his new mission in life was to go out and set all the captive Christians free, to ransom all the captive Christians. And it's estimated all the way up until the end of the 19th century that the Most Holy Trinity Order has ransomed ransomed 40,000 to 100,000 captive Christians. Now, I know in today's world that might not seem like a lot of people um, because of how, how we've grown and how many people now exist in the world. There's quite a few. But um, to think about that, 40,000 to 100,000 captive Christians they have ransomed is uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, there's quite a few people. And um, I'm not exactly sure on the exact number, um, but when they're going through their records, they estimate between 40,000 and 100,000. Um, so Trinitarianism was uh, really uh, established itself in the U.S. in the early 1900s. Um, this is when many immigrants from Italian provinces, providences uh, were fleeing to America in search for a better life. And uh, so with them, since America is an amazing country and offers us freedom of religion, they also brought their religion and their rituals and their traditions with them. Um, and so, again, their, their mission was to liberate and free um, captive Christians. People were being sold into slavery. People were being persecuted, um, tortured for their belief system. That's what their mission was. I agree with their mission. That's a, uh, a noble mission. Nothing wrong with their mission. Um, but as you begin to listen to some of these people... And again, I am not just describing the Trinitarians, the Trinity, the Trinitarians. Um, I'm describing um, people of a lot of different faiths and a lot of different uh, beliefs. And uh, when you begin to listen to these people, you can tell that something is missing from them. Um, and I'll tell you exactly what's missing. Um, and that is, you know, salvation is missing, holiness is missing, and... Uh, just a few of those, and without these things, the power of God is missing from them. Um, and I am very bold, and I, I know that might seem like a bold statement to say, but I am very confident in that fact that um, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, um, if you had not repented of your sins, if you had not spoken in other tongues, the evidence uh, of the Holy Ghost coming into you, um, it is very clear and the Bible is made very clear several times throughout the scriptures that you cannot have the power of God. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. Um, and we know that salvation is given through repentance, through baptism in Jesus' name, and through the Holy Ghost. And after all those, you have to live a holy and separated lifestyle. Um, and so you see, I've, I, I have been... Uh, to all different kinds of services held by all different kinds of religion, um, I've heard I've heard it all. I'll just put it that way. I've I've heard it all. Um, I've heard all different kinds of faiths, all different kind of preachers and pastors. And let me tell you something: no one 
that I've ever, no, no service that I've ever been to that is outside of, uh, I'll say Pentecostalism, which is what we call ourselves, um, has quite what we have, Braylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is an experience. Yes. Right? Um, that's why, I mean, you know, Braylon started this, this podcast was to uh, kind of share with you not not our belief, not our, not our not our religion, but we want to share with you. We have an experience. We want to share that experience with you. You see, I don't have to wonder if I'm serving God in a correct way. I don't have to worry about if, if this is the, the correct faith, if, if this word is true, if this word is holy and righteous. I know. Why? Because I have an experience. Because I've experienced something greater than the traditionalism of a religion. Right? And so... Uh, I want to read for you Acts 4.12. Neither is there any salvation in any other, for there is none, na- none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. It says there's one name, right? Not three, not the Father, not the Son, not the Holy Ghost. Jesus. There's one name under heaven given among men. So I just want to throw it out there again. How 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 do you become saved? How do you how do you uh, how are, how are you given salvation? And we find that in Acts two thirty eight when Peter is preaching the uh, day of Pentecost message, um, possibly one of the greatest messages of all time, def- uh, especially one of the greatest messages recorded in the scriptures, um, and he says. Uh, in Acts 2, 3, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to take it a step farther than very next verse, which is something we like to forget about um, as a modern Christian, is the promise unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, there's a lot of people who will go around and say, Oh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that experience with God is just for certain people. The Holy Ghost is the only gift, a spiritual gift, given by God that everyone can attain, that everyone can have. Um, not everyone can, you know, it has the gift of tongues and interpretation. Not everyone has um, the gift and the ability to play music. Not everyone has the gift and ability to preach. Not everyone has the gift and ability, you know, to do uh, sound even, you know, all these different things. But everyone has the ability to speak in tongues. Everyone has the ability to go to heaven. That's, that's exactly what we read in Acts 2.39. Promise unto you and to your children to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, isn't just for ministers. It's not just for your pastors. It's not just for your grandma. It's not just for your grandpa. It's not just for your mom or your dad. It's not just for you. It's for everybody, right? It's for everybody. It's, it's a gift given by God. And so the second thing is when we are baptized, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, we read this in Acts 2.38, and be baptized every one of you, not just some of you, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And, when, and it says for the remission of your sins. So when you are baptized, we go... Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little bit how it's done at our church. When you're baptized at our church, you know you get in the baptismal tank. Yeah, the tank. You don't get a little 
holy water sprinkled on you. Mm-hmm. You go in the tank, and you got your pastor or preacher or uh, anointed man of God who tells you, hey, guess what? I'm about to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You're about to be washed clean. That's what That's what the water of baptism represents. It represents the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. And so whenever you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, because Jesus died on the cross for you, you are now being covered by the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. It doesn't matter where you're baptized at. You can, you can be baptized in a river, a lake. You can be baptized in a horse trough for all I care. If you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you go head to toe completely underwater. You've just, in the name of Jesus, you've just been baptized. Therefore, your sins have been forgiven. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just go through life, you know, saying, I can do whatever I want to do because, oh, I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh, I've repented. Oh, I've, uh, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But you still have to live a holy and separated life. Uh, baptiz- repentance is something that Paul says he does every day. Um, repentance isn't something you just do the first time. Uh, Paul actually writes and says, I die daily. Uh, meaning, when he, he, he begins, to, he understands that he sins daily. He understands that no matter what happens, um, no, he's still human, right? And so he dies daily, meaning he, he prays in tongues daily. Because um, when you speak in tongues, you are made new in Christ. When you're given the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are a new creature. And so it's something you can't just do once. Um, you know, I've done it several, several, countless times. Braylon has done it, you know, a lot of times. Uh, if I were to go around and ask uh, those I know who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, chances are they have done it a lot of times. And so um, that's a little, I, I kind of went off onto a, Told you I was going to give you some history about the Trinity. I kind of went off onto uh, what I had. Um, I still have a little bit that I'm going to bring up later, but Braylon is going to now share with you some things. Sure. Um, so we'll just go right back into the when uh, Dylan was talking about being baptized. Um, there is absolutely plenty of scripture that says that we have to be baptized in the name of Jesus in order to be saved. Um, for example, uh, John three twenty two says, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judah and there he remained with them and baptized. Uh, if you also read Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and of the Holy spirit. But we have to remember that, um, you know, you can get that misconception of when someone says in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, they, they're one God. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, one being. Um, you know, the Son is Jesus, who is um, God wrapped in flesh, robed in flesh. Um, the Spirit, Holy Spirit is God's Spirit, and the Father is God. But they're all one. God is one. Uh, so that's what that means in uh, twenty-eight, nineteen. Uh, even Mark sixteen. Uh, this is verses fifteen and sixteen. And he said to them, "Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized 
will be saved. But he who does not believe will be con condemned. So right there it says it pretty, pretty blunt, bluntly. You need to be baptized in order to be saved. Um, but most importantly, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And obviously, yep. head to toe, all the way underwater. Um, completely submerged. You know, like Dylan said, you can't get a little splash in the face of water or... During COVID season, I believe uh, you, some of some people would use squirt guns. Yeah, little yeah. like toy squirt guns, and you know, quote unquote, baptize in the name of Jesus using a squirt gun, <laughs> which is pretty far from, I think, what the Lord was trying to say in his in his word. Um, moving on a little bit, if we. Uh, we can really explain what it just means to be one of God, one with God, I should say. Um, being one with God is just having that strong relationship with Him, you know, being in prayer and fasting um, consistently in your life. You know, we should pray every day, multiple times a day. We should be speaking in tongues every day. Uh, even if you're not into church service or you know, a prayer prayer meeting with your youth group or leadership or anything. Your you know your pastor shouldn't have to call you to a a prayer meeting just so you can you know pray for that day. No, you should pray when you wake up, throughout the day, before you go to sleep, before your meals, um, and just give God thanks and ask Him to come into your life and you know help you through the things that you're going through. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, going along with uh, what Braylon's saying, um, you know, uh, when it comes to a relationship with God, like I was mentioning earlier, it's more than just a one-time experience. Um, I'll tell you right now, if I only had one experience the first time I received the Holy Ghost when I was six years old, let me tell you, I, w I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be in church today because if it was just one experience... <laughs> what would what would make it what would prove to me that it was real um but yet time and time and time again even through all my mistakes even through all my um trials and tribulations of life and all the times I wasn't the smartest of the bunch <laughs> mm -hmm. um you know god still was there um you know it, it took quite a bit of convincing on my part um but i never had to convince god to stay with me i never had to convince god to uh, provide for me. I never had convinced God to, you know, I never had convinced Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. He did it willingly. Um, if he chose not to do it, he wouldn't have done it. Um, if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have done it, but he loved us enough to do it. And uh, anything to add to that, Braylon? Yeah. Um, you know, if we go back to Acts 2.38, kind of like the, I think, the, yeah, the last part of the verse, it says, Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receiving God's Spirit is not, you know, some. What I, mm, I, I kind of don't want to say ritual, or it's not something you have to pay for, because you can't, you can't, you know, pay to be to be saved. You know, no money in the world can buy your way into heaven. Um, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. It is God's Spirit within you. 
because um, when he died on the cross and then he rose again, it said that the veil was torn and his spirit poured out over the earth. So his spirit is everywhere. It's in me. It's in Dylan. It's hopefully in you. If you have not received the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to ask your pastor or ask someone of spiritual leadership what it even is, if you guys do not know um, a deeper meaning about it. But it is also said that you need the Holy Spirit in your, you know, in you to be saved, as well as being baptized in the name of Jesus. Um, so as we can continue on here, we can move on to different topics that we have um, prepared for you guys. Um, so we did talk about baptism, and we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit and the history of Trinitarianism. But our God, is, this was also kind of talked about for a minute, our God is one, one Lord. And there is countless scriptures that back that statement up. I'll just read you a few of them here, just list off what the, the names of them. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Ephesians 4, 6, uh, Mark 5, 7, John 17, 3, Mark 12, 32, Deuteronomy 4, 35. And there, there, it just goes on and on. Um, even in the verse of the day that uh, Dylan read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. I mean, it says it right there. Our God is one. Jesus is God. And I mean, really, we could just end the podcast right there. But I think we do have more information to share with you guys. But that's really the point that we're trying to get over at this on this episode is that God is Jesus and Jesus is God. Um, Dylan, anything to add to that? Yeah, sorry if you guys uh, heard that train horn go off. We're right next to a train track. (laughs) Um, So we'll just try to speak over it for a second. It should be gone. Um, But yeah, uh, the Lord, that's the basis of this podcast. Um, You know, is that the Lord our God is one Lord. Um, Like Braylon said, we could end it. You know, I could have read the verse of the day and said, boom, podcast done. Answered the questions. But I know you guys uh, have more questions. And, um... Uh, some of the questions that that uh, you know have have are commonly asked. Um, so Jesus is God, right? Jesus was manifested, was God manifested in flesh. Now the word manifested means to prove or to be evidence of. So Jesus was God, fully God and fully man. He was a hundred percent man, hundred percent God. So then the question is brought up, why did Jesus pray? Why do we read in the scriptures several times that Jesus is praying? Because he was 100% man. And we know that man has to pray, has to have relationship. Okay, well then the question is brought up, why was, why, why was he not born in sin? Why was Jesus not born in sin? Well, he was 100% God. Amen. Right? So uh, God, Jesus was tempted the same we were tempted, right? Yes. People people like to uh, put Jesus on a pedestal because he was 100% God and 100% man. Um, but we also forget that he was also 100% man. Yes. Um, he fought the same struggles, the same temptations. It's just he had a relationship that would... Uh, he had a relationship with the Father or God um, that 
allowed him not to sin. Um, and so that's why we need to have a relationship with God. Um, it's because without a relationship with God, first of all, without a relationship with God, you cannot understand the Bible. And the Bible is very clear about this um, when it says that those who are, uh, he, he says those who are um, not of the Spirit cannot understand the Spirit. Those who are of the Spirit cannot understand the world. Um, and that's why to a lot of Christians who have a relationship with God, you know, the, the things that people do out in the world that, you know, cause them to, to kind of do some crazy, crazy and wild things. Yeah. Uh, we can't really understand why anyone would want to do that, right? Why would you want to make yourself look uh, less intelligent than you already are, right? And so, um, and it's, it's the same. Those who are of the world cannot understand the Spirit. If you do not have a relationship with God, if you do not have a consistent and everyday walk with God, you will not understand the Bible. And if you do not understand the Bible, how are you going to be saved, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if the Bible is our, is our guide, if the Bible is, our, is a way to, to lead us and guide us to heaven, right? It's called our map a lot of times. The Bible is our map, right? It's our spiritual map. You know, it reminds me of Dora the Explorer, and every time she would call it to her backpack, Map would pop out, right? Take her wherever she needed to go. You know, Map could answer any question Dora had. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how the Bible is. When you, under, when you have a relationship with God, you're able to understand the Bible, and you understand, wow, any question I have, any concern I have, any uh, sense of wonderment I have, there's the answer. It's right in the Bible. That's why it's important to have a relationship with God, not just a one-time experience with God. Anything to add to that, Braylon? Yeah, um, I like that point about what Dylan was talking about, how the Bible is not... Or that's what I was going to say. It, it's not just like a bunch of stories of how people went through different trials and situations in their life and how um, what miracles they had. Like if we talk about Job, how he lost literally everything overnight. And then just how he dealt with that. You know, we read these stories about these people and we can uh, relate those to our lives today. Even though the Bible was written, what, like 6,000 years ago? And yet the situations that the people in the Bible went through, even though it was a little different in a different time, we could still, you know, shed light on our lives with their stories. Because, you know, they still had to go through the same things we did. They, they fought the same temptations, um, the same, they fought against the world as well. They fought against those, those uh, things that were pulling on their heart to go do worldly things, but they chose to follow God and his word. Because um, the God's word is a passage, but it is also a, a pathway. It is a pathway to learn more about God. It is the pathway to um, follow his direction and it is a way to get direction from God because um, God can speak to us in many different ways um, he can speak to you through someone you know he can speak to you through his word or even through prayer like um, you know he'll just speak to you directly uh, there's many different ways that our God can communicate with us um, moving on from that topic um, so I just want to kind of give you some scriptures. Um, 
let me pull them up real quick. Um, and so these scriptures I'm going to be giving you are scriptures specifically talking about uh, warning the church about false prophets. Um, so the first scripture is Galatians 1, 6 through 9, starting verse 6. I, and I already read uh, Galatians 1, 6, but we're going to read to verse 9. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, talking about false prophets. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so now I, so I, say, so now I say again, if any man preach in any other gospel to you, then that which you have received, let him be accursed. Okay, right? So um, the next one is going to be 2 Corinthians eleven, thirteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now, I think it's really interesting here that um, he points out that these people are transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, right? It, it means that they weren't originally, you know, called to be doing whatever they were doing. They just, you know, one day woke up and said, wow, that seems like a million dollar idea. Let's, let's try it out and see what happens. Um, they're going to be transforming themselves. They're not going to be moving in the spirit. They're not going to be walking with God, but they're going to be trying to do it themselves. The next verse is Acts 20, 29 through 30. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw you, to draw away disciples after them. Um, so this again is just speaking to, hey, there's going to be people that are going to come into the world. There are going to be people that are going to do everything that they can to try to take you and to try to... Um, Say, you know, try to try to turn your eyes and turn your ears away from what you know to be true. Um, so the next portion of scripture, Second Timothy four two through four, and I uh, I read this actually in our last last podcast. I'm going to read it again, uh, starting in verse two. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Right? We know fables to be made-up stories. Right? They're going to just turn their ears to whatever sounds best. Whatever makes me feel the best, that's what I think is true. That's, that's what that's speaking to. Um, the next and last portion of scripture I'm going to read regarding uh, the warnings of false prophets is 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard it should come, and even now already is in the world. Now, you see, that, that spoke to a couple different, different levels. Um, as John is writing, 
He's saying uh, the very first scripture, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. And so I challenge you, listener, if you have not experienced what me and Braylon have talked about today, don't take our word for it. Don't just believe what we're telling you, but I want you to actually try to experience it yourself. I want you to actually have an experience like John is writing and saying, hey, don't just believe everything that's said to you. Test the spirits. Try it out. See, see if it's real or not. Now, I'm here to tell you, if you try out what me and Braylon are telling you, you're going to know it's real because you're going to have that same experience we're talking about. Um, so I test you. Don't just listen to what me and Braylon say on these podcasts. I want you guys to, to have that experience for yourself. Going on uh, in verse 2, he begins to talk about how, um, you know, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is God. Okay, so there it is telling you again that Jesus is God. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is not God. Okay, so Jesus that coming in flesh is not of God. Um, he's saying that that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Um, so be very careful who you listen to, because as we read in a earlier in the uh, early one of the earlier scriptures, is that there are wolves that have gone out among the sheep flock, right? And we know that wolves like to eat sheep, right? <laughs> wolves and sheep don't get along very well, and so we got to be careful with what we turn our ears to, what we turn our eyes to, what we put our hope and our trust and our faith into, because John just wrote. We got to be careful. There are many false prophets who have gone out into the world, um, and so there's a few scriptures warning us about false prophets um, that we've already seen, you know, coming to pass um, for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and so, Braylon, you got anything you want to add? Um, that's definitely a great point, Dylan. You, we really need to watch out who we're going to to um, ask questions about spiritual things and. If we want to learn more about God, because, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go to a plumber to, you know, build you a house. Right. <laughs> if you wanted someone to build you a house, you wouldn't go to the plumber first. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, he would do your plumbing. He would do your, you know, your pipes and all that stuff. He wouldn't know necessarily how to build a structure to a house, um, which is the same thing. You wouldn't go to. You know, just some random person on the side of the street to learn about God. Uh, you'd want to go to spiritual leadership in a church. Um, if you are in a church, you want to go to your pastor. You want to go to, if you're a teenager, you go to your youth leader or your pastor as well, if you're comfortable with that. Um, just go and find someone who you know is very spiritual and is very um, has that strong relationship with God because... They will give you the proper direction that you need instead of, you know, some random person that, you know, doesn't have a very strong prayer life or someone that um, does, has not received the, the Holy Spirit or been baptized in the name of Jesus. So that's an encouragement from myself and Dylan is definitely find someone who can help lead you down that the right path and give you the right information and answers to the questions that you may have. That's exactly right, Berlin. Um, I just want to make a connection real quick in the Bible. Um, and so we read in John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So let's jump down to John 1, 14. 
And the word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we find that John, in the first verse of uh, chapter 1, says, the word was God. Okay? And then in 14, he refers to the word again being made flesh. Okay? So if God is the word, and the word was made flesh, Jesus was God manifested in flesh. Um, there's just another, another, another scripture of many in the Bible that, that prove that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? There's only one way. There's one way to see the kingdom of heaven. And so I also want to uh, bring up a, a quick thought. Um, so let me take you back to kind of the beginning of the podcast where we talked about, um, you know, John St. DeMatha and uh, his vision um, where he saw the Christian man and he saw the, uh, the sinner and they were both being held captive. Um, and so in John 8, 32, it says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Okay. Um, and we read several times that Paul writes um, in the many, many, many books that he writes. He writes over and over again that he, he, he's, Paul's being persecuted. But Paul looks at it as, okay, I'm being persecuted with a purpose. I understand why I'm being persecuted. I understand why I'm being treated this way. Um, and so he actually says, I take pleasure in the, the uh, infirmities and in the uh, trials and tribulations I go through because I'm doing it for Christ's sake. He says this countless times. And so when we read in John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, if the... The, the Trinitarianism view or the uh, there's not one God doctrine, I should say. Any, the doctrine that preaches against one God, that teaches against one God. Um, you know, if that is the true doctrine, if that's the truth, why would the Christian man be in bondage? Right? Because if the truth makes you free. Now, I understand it, 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 envisions, it envisions you know, him being persecuted physically and him being tortured physically and mentally and, and all these different things. But spiritually, he would have been set free, right? We see that Paul writes several times, I take pleasure in the infirmities. I take pleasure in the hard times. I take pleasure in all these, these things that are happening to me. Why? Not because I enjoy them physically, not because they're, they're fun to go through. Let me tell you, they're not fun to go through. We can't even imagine some of the things that they went through in the, the uh, early church. But he understood why he was doing it. And so um, that's just another, another thing I saw um, that I wanted to throw in there. Um, maybe get you guys thinking about it a little bit. See what your guys' thoughts are on that. Um, Brother, you got anything you want to add there? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Um, so I guess as we're somewhat coming to a close, um, I'd just like to add, do a little recap of what we talked about today. Uh, Dylan gave us a lot of history on the Trinitarian and like where their origins came from and their, their beliefs. And But also I would just like to say um, we, we need to find that relationship with God. We need to be one with God. 
which is what our title is today. We need to have oneness of God was the title. And we've we've kind of covered that in a broad way. We talked about the being baptized. Um, how do we find right leadership? Um, which me and Dylan both believe that that is a very important thing is that you can't, you know, if you need direction and you have questions and you don't go to the right source to find those answers, well, then you're going to get lost. You're going to yeah. be led down the, the wrong path. Um, so it's very important. Watch who you talk to. Watch who you ask your questions with and make sure you find that right leadership to give you your answers. All right. Well, um, as Braylon mentioned, we kind of covered a lot of stuff today. Um, and uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, go ahead and follow our Instagram account if you're not already followed. Um, it's the same as our title on the podcast, Pentecostiverse. Um, it has the same little picture. Um, we like to get as much support on that as we can. And um, just want to thank all of you listeners out there who have uh, supported us. And uh, I'm really sorry again about how long it took to get this episode up. Um, we're going to work our hardest to get our next one up. We're excited to see what you guys want to hear about. Um, and uh, I hope you guys are excited to see what we have for you. All right, so that's it for this podcast, this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Talk about the oneness of God. There is one Lord, and his name is Jesus. Jesus.